And now, on with the show. The ship is still quite a mess. The power lines are leaking, the navigation is intermittent, and the hyperdrive is only operating at 67.3% efficiency. That sounds like our podcast. Podcasting, the final audio frontier. These are the legends of Brown Squadron. Our computer is picking up a strange signal. Here, sir, you, you better take a look at it. The ongoing mission to explore the Star Wars universe and other nerd culture topics, to seek new content and new cantinas, bars, and lounges, to boldly annoy Scruffy by making too many bad jokes. Welcome to the Hyperspace Heroes Podcast. All right, and welcome to Hyperspace Heroes. This is Brown Leader signing in. All wings report in. Brown 2 signing in. Brown 4 signing in. All right, guys, this is episode uh, 75. Four. Uh, or 100. 100 on the Spotchka timeline, if you're counting <laughs> yes. that way. So if you know, you know, uh, those that have been following us all along. Um, so, yeah, so both of those in a way. And so for today's episode, we have a special guest with us, uh, somebody that uh, actually was on my bucket list that I would love to get a chance to talk to at some point. And um, he is going to join us today, and that is actor Chris Bartlett, who is in, well, if you've watched any live action Disney, Lucasfilm, Star Wars projects, you've seen him in those shows. He plays the ferryman in Mando episode one. He plays, uh, he's been various protocol droids in different uh, Disney shows uh, or the different Star Wars live streams. Uh, he was the uh, protocol droid for Grief Karga in Mando. Um, he RA7 on Moff Gideon's ship. He's been uh, all sorts of different droids. He was also uh, the Kazgadag, I think that's how you pronounce it, in Book of Boba Fett, where's the one scene where you see Mando walk into the elevator, out, get his bounty, back into the elevator, uh, all on the was it the glavis ring uh been in a ton of stuff you've seen him and uh we are really excited to have him on tonight and um it looks like he's just working on a couple technical difficulties right now and in the meantime while we're waiting let's go ahead and jump into the chat and we've got uh brown five spotchka has joined us in the chat welcome <laughs> hey spotchka and uh so we are uh welcome welcome glavis ring you are right about that spotchka for sure and um so uh yeah we're gonna have him on in just a second and uh, but guys how exciting is this epic epically exciting i'm at a loss for words i'm, I'm going through his his pr stuff right now and it's like if they made an action figure for everything he did man i could fill a shelf this is pretty cool right 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 <laughs> All right, so I think he is ready, so we're going to bring I think him. so. Yeah, so we're going to bring him on now, and uh, welcome, Chris. Hey, hey guys. He is. Hey, Hi, how Chris. you doing? Welcome to Good the show. Good to see show. you guys. Yeah, yeah, welcome aboard. 
um, Mr. Chris Bartlett, actor in Star Wars. Uh, we were kind of going through the rundown uh, of all the different things. And the one thing we didn't mention, uh, he has also he has uh, been C-3PO as in live action events. And uh, I think that's kind of how he got his start and in, in his career. And we're, we'll go into a little bit of that. But uh, welcome aboard, Chris. And the first thing we wanted to ask you is what does Star Wars mean to you? Oh boy. Well, I was seven years old when, uh, when I first saw Star Wars in the theater, uh, in 1977. Um, and, uh, what it means to me is my, my imagination just exploded. I mean, like, I feel like we're all in the same kind of age bracket and, and, uh, it just, I felt like it just inspired my whole life with like, uh, uh, gosh, you know, stormtroopers and droids and land speeders and, aliens and uh, cantinas it just for me it just um was the perfect time for uh the wonder of storytelling you know that um that just really uh you know for me you you, you hear you know there's this is the george's george lucas has said that the uh the star wars is is kind of um a morality tale for the uh, rising generation, right? And that, that's what myths are. You know, they're, they're stories that, um, that, that teach certain things, you know, or show, show certain archetypes that will um, help you understand, you know, difference between good and evil or those gray areas, you know? And, uh, but besides that, it, it was just such a cool environment, you know? Um, is it the future? Is it the past? I know it's a long time ago, but, you know, uh, I just, is so much of, of Star Wars for me uh, uh, enlightened my imagination that led to so much creativity um, in my life. And, uh, and that was just, it just really, you know, clicked with me. Very cool. Very cool. DB. You know, I, I, Chris, you and I are almost exactly the same age and we were at that sweet spot. You, you nailed mm -hmm. it. We, we were at the most impressionable age there. Um, Tell us about your first Star Wars experience. You kind of already yeah, did. <laughs> um, I, yeah, a little bit. I mean, it was at, at Christown Mall in Phoenix, Arizona. And uh, uh, my parents took me uh, to go see it. And like I said, I was seven years old in 1977. And um, I, uh, you know, you'd been seeing the trailer for like a year in the theater. So then after that, you know, you see this amazing experience. Um, uh, have this amazing experience with uh, it was just Star Wars at the time you know there was no A New Hope there was no other sequels or anything and then you go home and then you're like how can I get more of this you know <laughs> like oh there happens to be action figures that are coming out in a few months oh great so you know then, then you get the action figures and then you go play in the shag carpet in your living room or you go outside and you know whatever and, and you make up all these stories that extends the myth that you just seen, um, you know, in the theater, and maybe you build cardboard uh, life-size rocket ships that you uh, that you play in, and imagine that you're flying the Millennium Falcon or a Tie Fighter or something, and and uh, then you probably get clothing also, uh, and then every Christmas after that is just a celebration of Star Wars, <laughs> right? <laughs> So that's kind of how familiar. it was. <laughs> yeah. Right. You're sounds, building, sounds you're building, familiar. you know, 
you're building PVC pipe weapons and you're running through the neighborhood with your friends who are also Star Wars and you're, you know, you're having shootouts in the, the streets of Mos Eisley and it just, you know, that was, that was it. My whole childhood was really, really happy. Um, you know, one, because I had such great parents and, uh, and who, who sort of like, they never stood in the way of my creativity and also encouraged it. And then, and then you had this uh, incredible uh, story, and uh, uh, and that you know that was that was my first experience. That's very cool, very very cool. So familiar, yeah. <laughs> so uh, growing yeah. up with growing up in the Star Wars, do you remember your first Star Wars toy? <laughs> yes, it was um, had to be the Luke Skywalker with the with the uh, lightsaber that you know came out of his arm. Um, then I, and then I think that was the first one. And then I had and then I got the uh, the X wing that he fits in. But my dad, he uh, he customized it like he took the detail the decals you know like the extra edges and he and he made letters out of the decal so when i flipped it over it said my initials on the bottom and i just thought that was so neat oh, like neat. i have a custom <laughs> you know uh, x-wing with my name on it it was just so yeah that was that was the first uh, and then um yeah i think that was the first of many obviously oh That's... very cool do you still have those yeah. i'm gonna tell you a really quick story about that um i i wasn't the kid who got every star wars toy that i wanted because um you know, we we're a, a modest middle class family, and and um, uh, also my parents instilled in me that if there's something I really wanted, I need to pay half for it. So um, you know, that's like Atari or Star Wars, large Star Wars things. So um, I I uh, got got all the the toys that sometimes you know I had a paper route. I would ride to the the hobby store on Saturday morning, play some Asteroids and and Frogger, and then I would then I would buy some action figures. Um, and uh, and and then when I was 13, you know, or 15, sorry, um, two years after Return of the Jedi, you know, I we all had other probably other um, you know interests. Like mine was music. I was a musician. Uh, cars, uh, girls, and so um, I uh, you know I wasn't going to really invite a girl over and play action figures. You know, so <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. That wasn't going to work. <laughs> no, no, it didn't. Uh, D yeah. DB can uh, tell you that doesn't work. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Um, I mean, now surprisingly, it would work. But anyway, <laughs> um, uh, so then, uh, 15 years old, we had a garage sale. I was going through all my old stuff, and I sold all of my Star Wars figures and toys. Um, and then when I, you know, made some money, it's great. Then uh, when I was in my 40s. Um, one Christmas, my, uh, my parents came to visit and, uh, and, and one, my, my parents had this big box, um, wrapped and I was, you know, wow, what could this be? Um, and I opened it and my dad had bought all of my toys and given my mom the money, uh, you know, at the, behind the scenes there at the garage sale and he saved them all. Like, oh, how cool. He saved them all. I had no idea. And so I, I'm open this in my 40s. It's just like every Star Wars Christmas growing up just washes over you. And um, it was just such a treat. So I, my, my parents are just the best. So um, uh, that I, to answer your question, I do have 
uh, several of them. Um, and then, and of course I would play with them with my kids, you know, like mm -hmm. I, I was always a play with your toys kid. I wasn't uh, storing it in packages uh, even as an adult and, and with kids, you know, I wanted to, you know, have these adventures with them too. And so we did, but every once in a while, some of them would get left out and then the puppy would dismember mm -hmm. Boba Fett or, <laughs> or the original, my original Luke Skywalker, you know, so, oh. you know, stuff comes and goes, but I still have my original X-Wing fighter with uh, <laughs> my initials on the back. That is, oh, so awesome. that is an awesome story, Chris. That yeah. is awesome. That's very cool. Um, so can you kind of take us on a journey? Because before you got into acting, you were doing uh, game software design, right? With uh, For gaming companies. And how did you get... Well, oh, go ahead. No, sorry. Uh, I, I'm an artist. So I was a on the art side. Uh, okay. And, and the design side, uh, not on like the code side. Just okay. Well, still, still um, doing the art for me. Yeah, yeah. That's great. Yeah. So, um, no, uh, uh, the the uh, I, I got my first game job. I, I'd been a graphic designer for a while, and then uh, someone suggested that I apply at, at this game studio because everyone drives Lamborghinis. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I'm not really a Lamborghini guy, but you know, I uh, I uh, that I mean, I can do other things with that money. <laughs> right, right. And uh, and um, so at the same time, actually, this is five years earlier. I had discovered. Uh, you know, building costumes as an adult. Um, as a kid, we, my parents and I used to build adult, uh, we used to build costumes and uh, and I was just always creative making stuff. And as an adult, I, I discovered, yeah, life-size Stormtrooper kit. And then and then I discovered the 501st, which is, you know, the uh, mm -hmm. Lucasfilm recognized yeah. uh, fan uh, fan group of, of bad guys doing good. So Stormtroopers and Sith Lords and, and all that. So. 2000 I started I built my first stormtrooper kit and, and I and I helped form the uh, me and four other guys formed the Central Car Central California garrison of the 501st and um, so I had the stormtrooper kit and then I that wasn't enough I modified it to be a sand trooper like in Mos Eisley you know with a big yeah. gun and the backpack and all dirty and everything so when I sent in my portfolio to epic games was where i where i applied oh um they said you know you've you've uh we've got like 400 people we're going through so we'll let you know when we get to get to you and i was like oh man i gotta how do i rise to the top of that besides having a good portfolio of work so i um put on my stormtrooper uh, the sand trooper and i marched into the offices of epic games with a with a little i took a figure and and stuck it to a little base and it had my portfolio url on there this is 2005 and um and and I, I i walked in and rode up to the elevators at the top floor like no security stopped me there was nobody around even and uh, even the the office of the fbi there in in uh, uh in Cary, north carolina <laughs> didn't happen to have anybody out there but i, I got this big gun here look at this, this is a <laughs> <laughs> still have it this is like you know a stormtrooper legitimate you know yeah blaster. and um and so i, I walked out the elevator opens and there's a the head of animation is standing there and i go uh, i'm looking for a creative director you know and and they he goes uh oh well um he'll be out here in just a minute and just then 
everyone from the entire company exited their offices and were in the hallway in front of the elevator because they were planning a they were going to a meeting company meeting and they thought i was there as a representative lucasville that i was not doing that i did not present myself that way i didn't say i'm with lucasville nothing like that i just i was just playing a character and um and so uh i they, it was like perfect serendipity you know like uh, i just couldn't have planned that any better and so I, I was uh, talking to the, uh, <laughs> so someone's heard that story, Rural Farm, farm Boy, thank you. Um, and, and so I met Tim Sweeney, the head of Epic Games. I met uh, the creative director at the time, Jerry, Jerry O'Flaherty. And uh, as, as a stormtrooper though, I stayed in character. And that's, this is a key thread that goes through my whole career here, okay. is staying in character. And so I, um, I, uh, I just said, uh, you know, that, um, and, and I have a voice, a microphone, and amplifier and stuff. And, and anyway, I just just said uh, I'm I'm here to deliver a portfolio for Chris Bartlett. And <laughs> they go, Oh, great. Okay, well, uh, we we have seen his work, um, and thank you very much. And so, you know, I talked to a couple of people there uh, in character, and then I I just wanted to make it short and sweet, so it was memorable and not like anything more than that and so then i and then i left and then i got home <laughs> and there was an email waiting for me at home uh that said hey you're uh we've seen your portfolio we really like it and your appearance today uh we assume it was you uh, <laughs> made a real uh, you know put you right at the top so anyway I, I got the job uh not because i just showed up in a costume but because i you know had a portfolio but you know it did shine a light on the work and so I, I worked there for uh for seven years and uh worked on amazing games like gears of war from the beginning uh fortnite uh, unreal tournament and just had an incredible experience working with the most talented people in the game industry uh and i was on the art side so uh, i was i was an artist um and have done that for 20 years that's almost very years. cool that's very wow. cool wow what a yeah. story what a story so, yeah so uh now any any questions about that did you guys want to transition over into yeah so how did you then transition <laughs> over into working for every Star right. Wars geek's dream uh yeah for, so, for lucasfilm well at the same time i'm working full-time and have a family and and three kids at the time um uh and, and i mentioned i had been building costumes and this one would had been such a success, you know. Uh, uh, so I had been trooping with the 501st, you know, doing events and, and charity things. And uh, then I built a uh, Boba Fett. You know, I was trying to do as, as screen accurate as possible without, you know, back then there's no 3D printing or anything. So, um, but it turned out pretty good. It's uh, it's um, it's on my Flickr account there. or It's probably on my Instagram too. But um and then I built like a Tuscan Raider. Uh, I built Jawas for my kids, a Gonk Droid for my daughter, uh, other oh. other various things. And um, and then I'd never seen anyone do a shining C three PO. There was a uh, there was uh, uh, so so I I embarked on a three year journey of of cobbling together 
uh, random obscure pieces that I could get from anywhere I could from, you know, obscure collectors to, uh, you know, copies of copy of something or whatever. And then, and then uh, my friend and I, who, who was a fiberglass shop, uh, very talented, um, architect also, um, he, uh, he and I worked together to, um, cut apart and restore, uh, the parts that I would, it was able to, uh, you know, um, put together and restore them to as close as possible to the a new hope or empire era suit. And this is in 2003. So it was a little before I got the job, uh, at Epic games. And then, uh, so that took three years. And how I did that was I would go to work all day, come home, do my, uh, do the uh, family routine, get the kids to bed, tell them Star Wars stories, and tuck them in. And then, uh, and then I go out and work in the garage till you know, 2 a.m. or whatever, um, just building stuff uh, that, uh, you know, props or blasters or whatever, just for, it was just for myself. You know, it was no career plan or anything like that. It was just, I, I'm, I, I, I really love building things and, and uh, so that's what I was doing. So uh, I did three, some 3D models of some of the pieces, like where, uh, uh, where, uh, oh, gosh. you know, like okay. where the pieces fit together, like this, this Pete, I, I did like a 3D model of this so I could show to my friend who has a shop, how this is supposed to function and how this is supposed to move together and stuff. And so, um, uh, and then uh, I, I had a little help from uh, legendary uh, droid fabricator Don Vies and also Lucasfilm archivist and uh, droid builder and wrangler for the prequels. Um, he was so kind to me and shared uh, kind of how, how the suspension system works and the legs and, and all that kind of stuff. And so at the end of three years, I, uh, I didn't even know if it was going to fit me. We were just trying to build it, and then and then we, we got it together, and I, and my my buddy Chris Sanders, who also lived in North Carolina, uh, he he suited me up for the first time, and um, and you know you have this moment. Um, I'm gonna here, I'm gonna get a yep. How cool is this? Awesome. So jealous. Moment where you. Oh. Kind of have a have a bit of claustrophobic kind of feeling in here because you you look you can see the inside of the helmet, right? And it's kind of like a Tony Stark situation, but you don't have all the cool things. Right. It's it's more like Man in the Iron Mask kind of thing. Okay. And so so I was a little nervous, but I was like, you know, this is something I I've always you know I, I've been working so long on that I want to finish up, and so I I just try to focus on what's outside what I can see through these little tiny drinking straw holes. Um, wow. Yeah, they're very small, but that's wow. that's what you look through. And um, and so um, we put it on and then uh, we walked around a little bit or I walked around a little bit. And then I um, was uh, I went and did an event at the Boston Museum of Science up in Boston. It was where Star where Star Wars meets imagination and uh, it just so happened that Anthony Daniels was going to be there. I mean, I knew he was going to be there, but um, I, this was super early. Like I had, I had been working on the voice for 
80 minutes a day uh, walking. Oh, thanks, peeps. Uh, walking uh, or ride, riding back and forth uh, to work. You know, I'm working on the voice in the, in the car. And it was really early. It was not great. Um, but uh, I was just trying to get better. And, uh, and, and, and so I, I wore it to this event and I met Anthony Daniels in the suit. And he goes, uh, let's hear you do the voice. And that's uh, like Elvis asking an Elvis impersonator, uh, do me, you know? Right. Um, so, but he was very nice. And, uh, and I said, you know, I made a, I made a attempt. I was so out of breath and I was just, you know, so like trying to do a good job. And, and it's like your very, very first audition. That's how I saw it as not, right. not that I thought he was going to, that I was going to get some job out of it. Only it's just, you want to put on a good show for the, your audience. And he, at the moment was my audience. And so, um, and so I said, uh, why, hello, I am C3PO, human cyborg relations. And he goes, oh, pretty good. Uh, let's slow it down a little. <laughs> he goes, let's slow it down a little. I said, oh, okay, thanks. And then, uh, and then he gave me a couple of, um, uh, uh, you know, taught me a little bit about how the, the parts move, like how the motion is with the, with, with 3PO. And um, I'd been studying that on YouTube for, you know, like two years at that point, trying yeah. to like the like, what it what is it about the, that makes it so characteristic, his motions and everything. So um, that was that he uh, I was going to show you what the inside of this might look like. So if you're going to put this on, you're basically looking like this, it's spooky, right? Oh, wow. It, it's spooky. You're not. Yeah. Uh, it's and so you got to just focus on the what's what's outside because if you focus on what's inside you're going to lose your mind so <laughs> anyway crazy. that wow. led to a video um being posted uh that was posted on on youtube of of me being there at the event and i was just walking i was just taking a few steps and i turned there's an older couple there i said hey, hello that was it that was the whole video and, and, and someone at Lucasfilm saw that and, uh, and contacted me uh, a few months later, probably four months later or something. But um, in the meantime, I had sent the suit off to be chromed. And, and after spending three years of, of trying to create something that, uh, that I wanted to be unmistakable, at least to, to most fans uh, from the real thing, um, it uh, now the, the 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 dream has happened. They've called and I don't have it. Oh, <laughs> so I, I was just it's just anyway. So so I they said, well, where is it? I said, well, it's being chromed in Los Angeles, and they said, oh, hang on, just a minute. Hello, this is C. This is uh, uh, Lucasfilm. You have a C-3PO costume there. We would like it done this week instead of in five weeks. And they said, "Oh, yep, no problem." So they <laughs> got it done. And uh, and that was all thanks to Steve Sansweet, by the way. Steve Sansweet uh, had seen my video, and he was the head of, uh, I believe, head of fan relations at the time. Uh, he was working with Mary Franklin, who worked at Lucasfilm then. And so anyway. Uh, he he was the one who had uh, told uh, Mary about me, and and then they they uh, they sent me this this fabulous email. But uh, then when we had the meeting, so then they they chromed the suit. They they finished chroming the suit 
flew it up to Los Angeles or, or San Francisco, and then I fly out from North Carolina to San Francisco and, and finish building the costume at the Presidio at Lucasfilm. So that point was the second greatest day of my fandom, you know? <laughs> and right. and you guys, since then, every day, every day uh, that I get to do this is now the newest, best day of my being a Star Wars fan. I mean, it, I, I I just feel so lucky uh, to be able to, to do some of this stuff. So, oh, yeah. So then the, uh, I finished building it and assembling it and and they they bolt me together hang on just a thing mm -hmm. they bolt me together screw the head on and turn on the lights and the microphone and and i say um, i said all this excitement is over on the circuits in my counterpart here if you don't mind i'd like to take him down to maintenance and they said oh so you can do the voice and i, and I was <laughs> like i mean I, I was trying you know and they're like well that's bonus that's good so you're going to Australia, and we're going to. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's an event there that you're going to do, and uh, it, it was this. Uh, they had a voice track done by Tom Kane, who had done uh, um, yeah an uh, impersonation of C3PO, and um, and I was supposed to mime this very long presentation that was actually really dry. But if C3PO is there doing it, wow, it's it's pretty interesting. It captures you know the uh the audience so i did that and then when i got done and i came back i said gosh you guys i i hope that was uh, everything you'd hoped and uh and please let me know if you ever want to do it again and now it's been 18 years of doing that and i just oh, wow I just, I, I just feel so grateful yeah that's awesome. yeah i just i just that started you guys remember the movie wayne's world yeah. <laughs> All I'm thinking is we're not worthy. <laughs> you are awesome, sir. Oh, <laughs> uh, listen, Droidbait. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I will just say that uh, my philosophy in life was like, let's just try it. Let's just see, you know, because like you don't learn anything from success. This is something I learned from. Uh, I heard George Clooney uh, say in an interview recently. He goes, "We learn nothing from success." everything we learn is from failure and mm -hmm. so fail a lot that's what i that's my my idea is i just fail a lot just try stuff like you know yeah you may not be a great artist but try drawing something you know like um maybe you're not gonna build a super accurate stormtrooper blaster but like just see what you can do you know um and so that's that's just been my philosophy let's just let's just try it uh because i'm a hopeful person i'm very optimistic and i feel like uh yeah, it won't be great at the beginning, but what if you what if you did it every day for for a year, you know? Or, or what if you what if you practice doing a voice every day on your commute for eighty minutes eh, for like three months? What would happen? You know? Right. <laughs> so. Sure. Was, no, I think that's, that's I think that's really good advice, and and actually that answers one of the questions that I was going to ask, which was what's something you didn't expect to learn, you know, uh, going through this process, and and I think that's a great life lesson for anybody, really. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of part of the reason we have this podcast going. We got you know we we're talking at work all the time, and we we're like, let's just try it, let's just do it, and oh, and good, here we, see, and and here we are talking to you, and you know, and it, <laughs> well. so. I mean, it's, you know, like you said, incremental steps and you just keep pushing and you just keep trying and, 
and uh, yeah. yeah, and and enjoy yeah. the journey along the way. Well, and congratulations on seventy-five or hundred uh, yeah. episodes. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah, thank you. you know, I'm just I'm just a, a very small part of a great accomplishment that you guys have been able to do. So mm -hmm. good for you. No, uh, yeah. So, um, what uh, or did you guys? Oh, sorry, uh, DB or or no? I was yeah. I was going to ask. Do you know? how many different characters you've played in the star wars universe yes i do um there you want, are, you want to share I, that <laughs> yeah yeah well i was just thinking because there's other shows i've done too that are sure. i'm not going to count those ones this is just in star wars with ahsoka um i just crossed 20 star wars characters wow. in each um that's awesome excuse me unique individual characters mm -hmm. Uh, and those are all featured or main characters on on those TV shows. One of them is C-3PO. All the rest of them are bounty hunters and mercenaries and teachers or traffic, you know, pedestrians or, you know, mm -hmm. but they're all they're all uh, characters who've had a really nice featured moment or are a main character. You know, one example is is uh, Q90, who's my favorite um, character that I've played. Uh, from uh, season one of Mandalorian, you played a quote from him at the beginning. Uh, I yep. don't know if viewers got to see the picture, but um, but yeah, he he was so different from C three PO. Yeah, and and uh, yeah, there he is. Ah, oh, look at how handsome! I love that <laughs> so, character. So, uh, but he's so cool, and and uh, he he looks like the action figure I never had growing up. And then when Funko came out with a uh, Funko, and then Black Series Hasbro came out. with I was just like, you guys, it, mm -hmm. it's 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 too much. I just mm -hmm. am so like this, you know. When you get being in Star Wars is the dream, you know. Yes, mm -hmm. look at um, it, when being in Star oh, Wars is a dream, and then you get an action figure. Being a kid who grew up and was introduced to action figures by Star, Star Wars, uh, it's icing on a four-story birthday cake. I mean, it's just <laughs> it's just right. so cool, right? Yeah. For sure, for sure. So with um, so who do we have to petition? Because mm -hmm. you know Star Wars. I'm and I'm half kidding here, but Star Wars. You know we love our prequels, obviously. Uh, mm -hmm. You know Star Wars is a, is not afraid of doing prequels. Who do we have to petition to get a prequel, either just a single episode spinoff, a mini movie, something of uh, of you as zero. Berg, Zion, Mayfield, and do some yes. sort of, you know, like, you know what the I mean? Some sort of, and, yeah. Some sort of yeah. mercenaries little spinoff. That would be just, yeah. Like, I think that'd be a phenomenal uh, little thing. Who do you need to, um, I'm <laughs> posting it, posting it on, on X or Twitter is, okay. that's a, that's a really good way. Um, you know, um, and that's, uh, yeah, that is, uh, you know, uh, I don't know. I, I don't want to give away any secrets. Uh, I'm just saying like that um, that Lucasfilm and and Disney really well. Let's say uh, I'm not going to speak for them. I'm just going to say I have noticed that uh, people like say Rosario Dawson, who you know says how much she wants to be in Star Wars, or or somebody fan cast her as Ahsoka, and then she was like, "Yes, I want to do that." You know, it's interesting how the how how those uh, those uh voices are heard and, and who listens to those you know so yeah totally if you want to have a prequel of of you know i don't know what we would call that we're you know the squad uh right. from from episode one gets together bill burr who i freaking love bill burr's character in season mm -hmm. two when he oh yeah when 
oh gosh that episode mm-hmm. was so awesome um and he did just such a fantastic job i think he's a great choice too because of, of having kind of po- poked fun at star wars fans in the past and then and then he's right. cast in star wars and then <laughs> yeah. he really loved the character um so anyway yeah yeah you just I think you that'd just, be awesome. Yeah, we'll start the petition. Yeah, you, absolutely. We'll get we'll the campaign. Hey, I the thing is, I love telling cool stories, like fun, uh, you know, stories. Maybe they have a little twist. I, I love telling stories, and and if they're with cool characters, great. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, it, you know, you can do what you want. This is America. <laughs> you post whatever you want, but I will a hundred percent share it if you post it. <laughs> so definitely. So yeah. uh, I've got a question or something. Uh, hold on. Uh, so rural farm boy brought up and uh, uh, yeah, one's a casket egg, and I was going to ask about that because uh, it's one of my favorite scenes in Book of Boba Fett because it's just that one whole. It's the one shot. And yeah, you know, and you are there as the casket egg in in the elevator. Mm-hmm. And how is it different? You know, because I'm guessing some of that was more prosthetics, and and or was it just a whole like uh, preformed mask that you fit over? Uh, yeah, it was a it was a whole head. Okay. Um, but but then there's also the costume, you know, designed um, uh, by Shauna Terpsik, who sadly we lost uh, last mm-hmm. year. She. Uh, built the costume around me so i'm i'm okay. standing there she's draping things on me she's trying to see what look what what works what doesn't work we're changing stuff and um you know the the idea was i was supposed to be a fancy alien you know wh- whatever that means but for me i was like oh he's probably wealthy um he's uh, probably has soft hands um he uh you know d- hasn't done a lot of uh you know maybe manual labor and, and and anyway so i was very regal you know and 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 of course she put me in a dress so uh that's you know that's also <laughs> fun to play with but um but i like the moment yeah first of all that one shot was so cool and we had to do it several times right. um mainly because they were trying to get the elevator moment to be just right uh so i'm working with um John Favreau's there and also Bryce Dallas Howard who's directing mm-hmm. and uh, that was that was so funny um, uh, trying to get like I'm tr- I'm just trying stuff like you know I get in I, uh, uh, Mando gets in the elevator and, and I look at him look and then look down at the bloody bag <laughs> bloody head in a bag you know and then I'm supposed to look at him and then I was like you know, <laughs> like, you know slip out of the scene or I'm like you know shuffling my feet like this or or I you know jump or whatever so I'm just trying stuff and uh, and so we were working with that trying to because we didn't have like a they were just like yeah you go in the elevator you look them up and down and you know so there wasn't a ton of rehearsal but we did have a one shot with like scores of people that you know are are waiting you know for the camera to get to them and stuff so anyway it was it was really a, a great uh, uh, scene and I'm glad you really liked it. Um, yeah, that was it was it was such a joy working with Bryce Dallas Howard and and John. John said, "Chris, uh, let me take you to comedy school." And I was like, "Okay, learning." Oh, wow, from, <laughs> so great. So, so we that... go over and look at the look at the monitor. He says, "See what you're doing here. Hold off the beat for just a second, and then and then we'll and then we'll do that and see how that looks." So we tried a couple times and and, and got it. It was it was every every moment is just such a joy. 
That's cool. And that kind of leads into something I was going to ask about too, which was, so yeah. one of the things, one of the reasons that you came on my radar, uh, you know, because of the, your, your stuff early on in Mandalorian and I started reading about you and Misty and some of the other, per, you know, performance artists that mm -hmm. you really bring a lot of the, you bring these characters to life, you know, because a lot of mm -hmm. times there's no, you can't see the face, you can't see any emotion. Mm -hmm. So just like you said in the elevator scene, it's all about body language. And yeah. uh, I, I think that's why, and uh, one of the things that Lucasfilm with Disney has really brought to the forefront back, at least to me and these guys, you know, know I talk about it all the time, is just mm -hmm. what you guys bring to the whole performance. You're bringing that whole world, you know, just through your body language and, and acting. So is that something that you've kind of taught yourself along the way or uh, have they really, have they coached you on it, uh, you know, since you've kind of gotten into Lucasfilm? Uh, that's a great question. Um, some of the coaching has been timing, like I just mentioned with John, you know, like when you do something. Um, but for me, uh, like I said, I built costumes as kids with my parents uh, and I've been building costumes since 2000. The The thing I love about costume work is that the the uh, costume really informs your your performance. And, and you know, you know, C-3PO, he, he looks surprised usually, right? Mm -hmm. he, he looks very surprised. Um, uh, and, and Q90 was, um, he had these like praying mantis eyes or head really. Boba Fett has the slim uh, visor, you know, that's like a uh, uh, Clint Eastwood squint. And, uh, you know, stormtroopers look like a skull. And so like your brain and hopefully the audience's brain too will, will, uh, they 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 glue something from their brain onto your character already when they see the face mm -hmm. and uh and i go with what what kind of first comes to me you know uh zero is like i mentioned like a praying mantis i went and studied praying mantis videos when when i found out i was getting when i saw the concept art by brian Matthias or matthias and um and and so you know praying mantis insect bugs work they they move really creepy they're they're and you watch their mandibles and they're going like this you know they're just and their eyes they're just so creepy so that's how i played zero and i wanted to be able to look at someone look at someone while my body is moving and i'm still focused oh. on them kind of thing and uh so uh you know but but C-3PO, we know, I have, obviously we have tons of reference from Anthony Daniels of how he moves and, and he's always a fish out of water, you know? Um, and so you, you have to read the script to find out, you know, what, what this character, what their attitude is, what they want. And like Zero, you know, he, he, he mentions, you know, um, uh, my response time is quicker than organics and I'm smarter too. And so he is, he's proclaiming, I'm smarter than all of you. And that's such a cool, fun attitude to 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 have uh, in that scene. So, but but the way he looks is creepy. So he's like this creepy know-it-all and um, a killing machine. Um, you know, uh, I also played Copper. Um, I'm going to show you another piece here. Uh, Copper was oh, baby. <laughs> Copper was Cargas right-hand droid in navarro um played by uh and, and grief carga played by carl weathers who sadly right. we, we also lost recently um 
and and copper was uh he was also this is an unchromed uh, helmet oh, wow. but this is one of the production helmets and uh, I, I get to have it um and so <laughs> but look you know his he he's he looks surprised but he looks like his mouth is shut c-3po has a little mouth you know at least c-3po is mm. like you know but copper is like you know and so that's kind of how i played it too and and uh and so he's kind of an egghead kind of a not not an egghead but like you know is i played him as kind of a, a younger more naive c-3po you know like he's oh. he is uh helping and helpful but he doesn't know as much and he he's 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 not as street streetwise as say grief carter was um and and that's how i played him so you it's a combination of the the script and the look of the character uh that that sort of informs how i how i play the characters um but yeah you're right you have to push the performance and all the emotion through the helmet and and that's just very physical you know that's uh if you go watch uh season three of the mandalorian you'll see copper when he comes in and he has wrong information again and and you know i i, I had to oh yes you're right i'm so sorry you know that kind of a thing um and uh, you really have to play that bigger than what you think you're doing it physically because uh, you've got this shell that um, you're, you're inside. You might be moving a lot, but the, the, the shell might not be moving as much as you think. So you have to overplay that a little bit so that the emotion is really, you know, clearly detected. That's very cool. That's very cool. And uh, for our viewers, uh, there's, there you go. there's a picture of him with Mr. Carl Weathers. Yeah. And uh, so, so uh, as a fan, how how does it feel to be like? Here's you're in the Star Wars universe. You're you, you've you've talked, you know, Favreau and and um, uh, you know Carl Weathers and stuff. I mean, just how does that? How how geeked are you every day that you get to just you know growing up and watching the universe, and now you're participating in the universe? Well ground leader it is <laughs> as 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 wild as you can imagine you personally if it happened to you that's exactly how it feels right. um one uh, one one story uh being on set very early on that this is in season one so nothing had aired no trailers or anything i'm just overjoyed excited to be on the show but you know i'm professional i'm working i'm telling stories with you know whatever and trying to keep this contained but i'm like up to here you know and uh so i'm watching this scene i'm, I'm literally up to here in the, a droid costume and i'm standing next to Werner herzog who is um plays the, the client the former he's basically an imperial warlord but a former imperial officer uh or commander or something and uh and you know Werner herzog is a legendary writer actor director you know in in uh in cinema and so uh he just brought so so much gravity to the uh to the show and so i'm standing next to him we're watching a scene being filmed and i'm just inside just going like i'm seven years old i'm seven years old <laughs> adult. and so you know but of course i look funny because i'm in this costume and i just really quietly very gently just leaned over just a little bit and i was like because because in my mind i'm like star wars is back and John Favreau's doing it. I mean, like this could and and Dave Filoni. This couldn't get any better. And I just leaned over, just very quietly, and I was like, 
isn't this exciting? And he goes, this is serious work. We are breathing life into characters which would not otherwise exist. And I go, yeah, you're right. Just, I was, that's what I was thinking. And that's what I meant by that. So I'm just going to be over here. Uh, so anyway, but it was this awesome masterclass in like 10 seconds of what we're doing. And, and not only what we're doing, but like as an actor and as a performer, um, you know, we're not a fanboy in a costume right now. We are um, doing the work of an actor telling um, uh, stories of this incredible uh, universe that people already have all these expectations for. And I do too. And, you know, we don't want to screw it up. We want to tell stories that are compelling and relate to our you know the stories we saw in our childhood and so yeah that's um yes i geek out um i have another story about that i can tell you in a minute but uh yeah it's you you get you kind of you kind of have to like get a thick um skin about it i don't know no that's not yeah. what I mean. but like uh you have to harden your resolve to you know do a good job and not not be a dork yeah <laughs> no yeah no yeah yeah that makes sense uh guys yeah. do you, uh questions guys <laughs> come on oh we've yeah. been waiting for you um so <laughs> a lot a lot of people have met that c-3po character through you i mean he's a very iconic star wars character how do you prepare yourself for that and how does that feel to know that a lot of people have met c-3po through you um Gosh, I hadn't thought of it that way. Um, because I feel like they're meeting C-3PO. Uh, a couple of examples of the work that I've done is like on the Oscars a few years ago in 2016 when 3PO and R2 and BB-8 make a surprise appearance and uh, make a um, kind of like a, a, a shout out to John Williams who had received his 50th Oscar nomination. Um, and so I don't know if you guys have heard this story backstage at the Oscars. Mm -mm. No? No. Oh, okay. Um, so, you know, this happens regularly, regularly when I'm on uh, production and a director will say, all right, Chris, why don't you come out? Uh, just, you know, you don't have to put the head on, just put on your costume, come out, you can meet the cast and stuff. And, and, uh, and then we'll rehearse and do some stuff. And I'm like, okay. And I tell my dresser, uh, we're doing the whole thing, put the whole head on, we're doing the microphone, the lights and everything. And then I just wander out onto set like I'm lost. Is this a droid maintenance facility? <laughs> My goodness. You know, and uh, and so what happens is uh, people are meeting C-3PO. They're not meeting a guy in a suit or who is that or oh, that's <laughs> some whatever. They're meeting C-3PO. This is the importance of character integrity. You know, I mean, if he was just being seen for the first time, um, I'd still be playing it. Like, I'd st I still go out in costume, fully dressed. I never go out first with Chris, with just mm. my head off. Uh, you know, because I want the cast to meet this character, this creature, this droid, whatever, um, for the first time. So that they, and it happened with, uh, uh, well, okay, so at the Oscars, uh, Mike Senna was the R2-D2, and uh, um, and so 
uh, what what we did was we were walking backstage at the Oscars as all these people, crew, celebrities walking by and going to their locations and everything. But we're just, I'm just walking along with our two, you know, and we're arguing about, I forgot the tickets, the tickets for your job, you nitwit, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and, 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 and we're lost. And I'm looking and, and you get, I can see through the tiny holes, I'm seeing people's reaction. And that is like applause on stage. It is, uh, you are making someone happy by creating some, or but with something you created. That was, I'm not saying created C-3PO, I'm saying the performance that I was doing was something I made. And right. it's a gift to anybody around. And you know, some people will be like, oh, yeah, C-3PO. But most people that were, were, you know, Lady Gaga um, came around the corner just as I came, uh, was coming around the corner. Um, and she's a huge Star Wars fan and we bump into each other. And I say, and we both said at the same time, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, and so I said, uh, Miss Gaga, it's wonderful to meet you. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to your performance. <laughs> and uh, and so that's on YouTube if you look up uh, Gaga C-3PO, that moment. But, um, you know, uh, when I was on Ahsoka and I'm going out to, uh, I was playing one of the red droids, C-1-D-1 on episode uh, two. And uh, 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 Rosario and Mary, uh, Rosario Dawson and, and Mary Elizabeth uh, were were uh, on set there, and and I uh, came out in full character, and I was just uh, again like uh, my job was to I, I'm running the uh, along with there's another uh, droid uh, I could tell you about that too, um, you know we're we're basically maintaining the uh, I don't know whatever the navigation or something it's just kind of that so I just went out very uh, and I looked for buttons I was just looking for buttons to. Uh, I'm going to, uh, yes, uh, yes, like that, you know. So I was just being kind of uh, part of the environment. And uh, Rosario goes, she comes over and goes, whoa, you are such a vibe. <laughs> and I go, <laughs> and then they took off the helmet. And they were, she was like, oh, Chris, wow, it's <laughs> you again. And I, I go, oh, you know my name. Wow, that's that's so nice. Anyway, uh, <laughs> and she goes, um, she goes. Uh, I, I wanna. Um, I wanna. We, we should do a chest bump, Ahsoka and C and C one D one. We should do a chest bump, but I don't want to knock you over. And I was like, bring it in. <laughs> so we have a super funny, awkward uh, chest bump. If you can picture that. Um, but you know, I just I want the characters to feel real. I don't. I don't have any. Nobody knows who Chris Bartlett is on these sets. I mean, they they do now, but I mean, th at first, I want them to to see the character because that is it not only does the audience see the character but i want the crew and the and the cast to feel something too and when you wear a costume and a mask it's so much you know it it, it just does so much to i don't know uh to create that feeling and so it's that, that's just one of the most fun things of my day that's awesome that's awesome yeah. so Obviously, the world loves it, but how do your kids feel about Dad being Star Wars, and how do they feel about being C-3PO? You know, it's funny. How does... Uh, uh, when when you are so familiar with someone, uh, you're always that person to them. You're not... You're not... Uh, you're not C-3PO. You're not a, uh, a celebrity of any kind. You're, you're just, oh, that guy who sometimes get frustrated and... Uh, and also tucks us into bed or you know uh you know whatever 
any of that stuff. So um, my my kids are like, you know, yeah, that's, I mean, that's that's cool. You know, it's not. You know, I'm like, hey, um, there's a there's a new uh, episode of uh, Mandalorian season three. Have you seen it? Yeah, it's in this one. And they're like, um, no. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I mean, if you're in Star Wars, I I, I will watch it. But it's fine if you don't need to today. It's fine. So that's fine. I'll be right over here. I'm gonna. There's no pressure. I'll see you. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't. I don't get I, I don't require any you know validation from my kids to have any self-worth but it's fun like i yeah. just like you know it's a it's a pretty big show and and it's cool but no they're pretty low-key about it their friends on the other hand are that's a different story because <laughs> right. they're like wait your dad your dad tried to kill baby yoda <laughs> <laughs> and that was my <laughs> next question <laughs> <laughs> yeah yes that's my cool. son was like, "Oh, that, yeah." My my dad, um, or he tried to he tried to tell them, "Oh, my my dad is that robot. He's the droid who tried to kill Baby Yoda." And they're like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> you know, like, and he goes, "No, that's that's my dad." You know, and uh, and then when they when they figure it out, and then he gives them more information or whatever, then it's like, "Oh, wow, the friends are more interested, I think, than, than my kids." But I mean, I don't want to downplay my kids have 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 been star wars fans my daughter my oldest daughter Paige, always wanted to be for halloween the bad girls in star wars even when she was little i mean cool. leia but first but then there was like ula ara singh zam wessel you know like and um yeah and then and and jawas i guess could be bad girls i don't know yeah <laughs> they can <laughs> so you had to build uh, costumes for them too i wanted to are you kidding they weren't they didn't i mean uh, I mean, when I when I built my very first stormtrooper, my daughter was probably five, and I just got her a Princess Leia costume, and I have this so this 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 treasure of a photo of you know five foot ten stormtrooper with little five year old Princess Leia, and we're like back to back, like we're you know <laughs> it was so cool. Um, I love it, but yeah, no, I uh, I my my daughter did ask me to build a gonk droid for her. Um, on on november 1st so the day after halloween so i was like oh no, no time like the present i'm on it and i had it done by like december 1st and uh and so all year i was like is it halloween yet i can't wait you know so we did we do like a little test you know she's walking around in the driveway and stuff and and that's uh, great okay this is gonna be great it's it's it, yeah you can see good enough it's fine um and so then when, when halloween came around it was like halloween day i'm like it's here and then she goes you know what? um I, i'm just gonna wear my pajamas <laughs> <laughs> and i was like you're grounded um, <laughs> no but uh anyway do, yeah no, do we, we, we always have, the, have fun do we still have the gonk uh, droid uh no sadly he he went oh, to the trash oh, factor oh. a few years ago oh, i had to move that, that and i had to lighten, yeah. lighten the load i did put post it out on the internet i said hey this is out at my house on the curb if you want it and it was like a gonk droid standing it was a, it yeah. was displayed and uh sadly no one came by to get it but uh oh, look no. i, I, I would have seen it i would have drove i can make another one yeah uh scruffy's building a he's he, he so he's he's building a gonk army is what he's doing uh, i love it yeah we're, so. uh, we're at 35 right now i'm not stopping until i hit 100 uh, how big are I'm, they i'm 
Oh, just the three and three quarter size. The, oh, okay, yeah. still yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that... uh, I get a, I get a hundred, and we'll see where we go from there. Wow, I'll probably keep going. <laughs> yes, that's great. Yeah. Um, uh, and and are I... you are you three D printing these? No, these are the old Kenner uh, Kenner action figures, three and three quarter inch. Oh, ones. you're collecting them. Yeah. Yep. yep. Oh, yep. that's cool! Wow. Yeah. Sorry, that's so very we're, dramatic. We're at about, okay. Yeah, we're about uh, we're at about thirty five right now. Like I said, we'll keep going until we hit a hundred, and we'll see where we go from there. Ah, uh, that's very cool. Yeah. Well, uh, gonk droids he... are are one of my favorite characters in Star Wars. There was Boba Fett when I was a kid, and then the gonk droid because it's such a simple design, mm -hmm. um, and it's so I don't know uh, how they became so I, I became so. Uh, my heart is warmed by gonk droids. They're just they're, they're they're innocent. It seems like they're batteries, they're walking batteries, basically. Um, but they they don't really have a, a an eyeball or you know that makes something cute. You know, little eyes. Um, but I just I, I always love how simple they they are, and they belong everywhere in every episode, probably of Star Wars should be. So absolutely, I have no idea either why I just. They were always one of my favorite characters. One of my favorite. Yeah, characters. that was one of my favorite action figures. Well, uh, in the seventies, they why. had the little clicky legs, right? Their legs yep. would click when they moved. Yeah, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that was fun too. All right, so <laughs> we should we should uh, we did have one listener uh, send in a question, and we should play okay. that really. We should play that really quick since we're we're going long. Um, okay. So this is from Rural Farm Boy. He's been in some of the comments. He's a he's kind of a super fan. He's actually the one kind of responsible for getting this all together because he had put out. I a love tweet. it. He had put Thanks out. Thanks, Rural Farm Boy. And yes. he he was our first guest. He is also Brown Five, and he goes by Spotchka. And uh, so the whole story of the Spotchka timeline is uh, we did a we our first twenty five shows were under a different name, and he listened to us back then. And then mm -hmm. when we when we renamed ourselves Hyperspace Heroes, we started over at one. And he has always counted those extra twenty five. Oh, yeah, I so see. We, right. So we kind of call it the Spotchka timeline. So let's uh, let's play this really quick. Okay. Howdy, Brown Squadron boys. This is Brown Five Spotchka, or better known in Twitter as Royal Farm Boy, RFP. Here to drop a quick little question to your guest for this episode, Mr. Chris Bartlett. And it concerns a particular character that I'm not seeing Brown Leader sharing in the Twitterverse. It's one that I'm familiar with, I think we're all sort of familiar, that caught our eyes. Back in season three of The Mandalorian, Okay. Uh, the episode is Guns for Hire. And this takes place on Plazier 15 in the yes. droid bar, the resistor. There's a certain blue protocol droid yeah. that we see kind of fixing to make its way out of the, out of the bar, but Mando stops him. Um, this comes in relation to, I want to say it was last year or Christmas. There was a charity stream that was put together by another Star Wars podcast uh, four fellas that call themselves the Dad Batch, who are in real life real friends, and they costume as the Bad Batch. And they look really good. They had a number of different personalities that helped helped put different parts of Star Wars stories together for Mando. 
among other things. Uh, Tate Fletcher stopped by for a bit and had a chat with him. And if I recall correctly, because I was watching in the chat and watching, Chris stopped by too. And he had a story he spun to, uh, concerning that particular blue protocol droid. Looks like a blue 3PO. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's the story about that costume is of great interest. I'd like to ask Chris if he might take a few minutes or the time needed to spin that tale for us listeners. Yes. Thank you, sir. Looking forward to the whole chat. Come keep me company on my work day or on my afternoon when I'm home from work. All right. Until then, may the force be with you. And a loyal supporter of the Galactic Empire, I'm obliged to say, long live the Empire. Oh, okay. There's All a... right, we're good. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, uh, so this is the the droid head that he's referring oh, to. That's it's cool. a gorgeous color, right? Look at that. Mm, yes. So this is this is the one that appeared in the uh, in that droid scene in the resistor. Now, um, the way that this came about was um, uh, years ago when I was building my C three PO. Um, I shared some parts with friends who also wanted to try it. And, uh, and so one of those was a man named Paul Wadley, who um, also went by Pedge Wadley. And he um, uh, built one of my uh, suits and he trooped around, well, as C-3PO in the UK for many years. He was, so, he was really great at it. Um, he, it fit him really very well. He wore it very well. I never saw him in person do it, but uh, I saw you know, follow the pictures and stuff, and he did a great job. Um, and uh, he was also really helpful to um, other C-3PO builders who were building their own, and and uh, and that was that was uh, always really special too. So um, over the years, we kind of kind of stayed in touch a little bit, and then uh, recently we started to um keep, keep in more uh, more in touch and and then he um uh started began to suffer from a motor neuron disease which um sadly makes uh, it so that you can't use your your limbs or your muscles um and so he couldn't um uh he couldn't uh, costume anymore but he had this idea to do a blue chrome C-3PO and he sent me a picture of his helmet. This, uh, I think it was this one. And he, um, he, he was like, I want to send you, send this to you as a, as a thank you for over the years of, of doing C-3PO stuff and, and sharing stuff with fans. Uh, I mean with other builders and stuff. Um, and I was like, oh, let me pay you for that. I, I, I don't, I don't want to take that, you know, and he was like, no, no, no. He insisted. And I was like, you know, let me pay for shipping or something, you know? And, um, and so it was the, um, uh, uh, the head that he sent me. And then I built a full suit, uh, under, underneath that, you know, a whole a, a suit. So the head could go with, and, uh, and so, um, uh, I was like, you know, would, would you be okay if I, you know, try to get this on the show? You know, like, uh, uh, John Favreau appreciates people with ideas and I think this is a cool idea and, and I, and I pitched it and, 
So uh, of course, Paul was like, yes, that would be a dream. Uh, and so uh, I didn't realize it at the time that I was talking with him back and forth. He was, he was communicating only via uh, being able to look at letters or words on his screen and that was typing the messages out. So I could never have a phone call with him or a, you know, because it was so difficult. I didn't, I didn't realize at the time it was so difficult for him to communicate. Um, and so he was, he was, uh, really inspirational in the, uh, in the, the, the origin of the idea of having a blue chrome droid on the show. So, um, I, I uh, was writing him one day and, and I said, Hey, um, I just had a couple questions about the details of, of what, you know, your, uh, it was just about some parts that, that, um, he had sent and uh and he didn't get back to me and the reason is because paul sadly had passed away yeah. and i said um inside myself um i am so glad that that we were able to but it hadn't been filmed yet you know so then when we went to film it um i didn't know how it was going to be used but it, it but blue got this really special featured moment um, that I, that I thought was so appropriate to Paul because Paul, he just had fun. Like he would go, he, he was, uh, had a really fun, friendly personality. He created a lot of fun for other fans and, and trooping. And, uh, and he did that because it was, it was caught, brought so, so much enjoyment to him. So I thought it was interesting. I had no, no input on the script or anything like that, but, um, I thought it was interesting that, um, you know, and then Paul was taken from us uh, unexpectedly, or or after a long time. You know, nobody knew that he he was. Um, uh, you know, I didn't know that it was that that he was that close, and to to um, to passing, and I thought it was really special in the episode one that it that it was an all droid, not only droid bar, but it was an all droid planet. And that um, that in the scene, Blue makes uh, he he has to go. He 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 needs to get out of there, right? And then, um, well, but 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 before that, he's having a great time. Like he's there's parts that you didn't get to see in the scene that he's he's joking with uh, with the other droids. Uh, Rice Dallas Howard was directing Dan Bowman, my friend, uh, who um, was performing in the suit. Uh, about like, you know, you're telling jokes. Oh, there's a punchline. Ah, we're laughing. All the droids are laughing. And it, it's just having such a great time. But then Blue has to leave. And and then Mando says, nobody leaves. And, and he gets to stay. And that, I felt like it was, it was really appropriate. Because um, that was the kind of person Paul was. And, and he was taken from us um, when we all really wanted him to stay. Oh, wow. So, um, it was, uh, uh, I, I just love that, that his, his, uh, inspiration, uh, as a fan, um, got to have a, a really special moment in Mandalorian. And sadly, he, he, um, was not able to see the episode before it aired, uh, but his family did. And I've been in touch with his family who are lovely people. And, um, and, and so, uh, I, I continue to stay in touch with them. So, wow! Yeah, that's wow. the story of Blue. Wow! 
Wow, that's yeah, a little touching. Can... Yeah, what an amazing uh, story. Yeah, there he goes. Yeah, with, uh, with his eyes on this time. Oh, that's um, awesome. But, but it's such a beautiful uh, color. It's kind of like a aqua blue, um, and it just does uh, this in the video just doesn't do any justice to it. But on the you can see it on the show. Um, yeah, very special. Yeah, for sure. So, for glad sure. you asked about it. Yeah, uh, rural Thank farm boy. Yeah, thanks, Spotchka. Appreciate that. So, um, all right. So, quick question. And I'll throw this up on the screen because um, this is on your IMDb. And were you were you in one of those suits? And if so, which one? Which one was it? No, I think that's the trailer uh, from Mandalorian. So that's why that's up there. That it's okay. just playing the the Mandal the the Mandalorian season three trailer. But but. Um, I played uh, in season three. I played Copper and mm -hmm. and uh, um, what else did I play? In? Uh, gosh, quite... I, I apologize. I can't remember. No, it's, it's it's all good. Um, so if um, you, yeah. what what's a role that you haven't played that you would like to play? Uh, two. There's one. I really, really want to bring Triple Zero to live action. Yes. He is what looks like a black C-3PO, black protocol droid right. with red eyes. Mm -hmm. yep. He's teamed up with BT-1. This is, mm -hmm. these are from the, uh, from the comics with, uh, with, uh, Dr. Afra, who is Dr. like Afra. a, she's like a Indiana Jones type character. Yep. And, uh, um, he looks like C-3PO. He talks kind of like C-3PO or, or his dialogue is, but, uh, he is a psychopathic torture droid who run, <laughs> runs a, runs a crime syndicate at one point. And, uh, he has all these, um, like all these attachments that come out of his fingers that are all, you know, there's like spinning saws and, 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 and needles and, and, you know, bone crunchers and all kinds of stuff and uh, flamethrowers and stuff. So I would just love to see and bring that character live action in some way. Um, and, and, uh, and just explore like how that might, cause we've only seen him in action in the comics. Mm -hmm. And uh, I would just love to, to to see how we might be able to do that. And then uh, other characters, uh, I would like to do an on on camera um, character where where we do it without the mask and see mm -hmm. you know see what what happens with that. But um, I have gone on to play other uh, roles in other shows. There was uh, re most recently uh, a show called Shining Vale with Courtney Cox and Dave and Greg Kinnear, yes. where I play uh, the creepy goat. Which was the villain of season two of Shining Vale. Shining Vale is like a it's like a, a horror show with a dark comedy undertone, um, and uh, and it's it's a it's a great show. I really love it. Um, and and yeah, so I, I played uh, this villain in season three or season two, and um, and then I was also on on the episode of the uh, of the Orville. There was my next question. <laughs> yeah. Where I played surprise a robot. Um, <laughs> and it was a, a Kalon robot. Uh, but the cool thing about being, uh, being on set was they, they asked me to uh, train all the other um, Kalons to walk like a robot or we're all walking in unison. Um, Mark Jacobson or yes, Mark Jacobson plays uh, Isaac on the Orville and uh, Mark Jackson. No, wait. Oh my gosh. Oh, this is a, ter a terrible moment. I'm so sorry, Mark. It's okay. <laughs> um, 
Anyway, uh, Mark said, uh, this is not C-3PO. 0% C-3PO. Uh, and I was like, yeah, no, it's a totally different character. It's a robot. And, and we wear butt pads so that all of our butts look the same size. <laughs> um, and uh, anyway, so we walked we, we, there in, in, uh, down in, uh, in Hollywood. We were, we were walking, not on the boulevard, but on the set, walking um, in unison in file formation. And we're all walking in step and everything. And so... It was a real treat to to be able to work with all these uh, other guys who played played Kalons, and uh, and to contribute to that show too. Uh, we had just had a lot of fun. That's cool. That's very yeah. cool. Um, I do want to say that. Uh, so, mentioning that you'd like to do something without the helmet on. When when yeah. we told the when we told some of the ladies at the office that we were going to have you on the show, and they looked you up on IMDb, it was pretty mm -hmm. unanimous that they want to see you in a role without the helmet on, so without a mask on. So, uh, oh, they, they so they hate <laughs> droids. Is that it? They, no, 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 no. Okay. No, they they preferred the pictures of you without the mask on. So, <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. Oh yeah. gosh, you guys are so sweet. So, um, uh, <laughs> they, my mom shares the same opinion. So um, yeah, maybe maybe someday. But uh, I'm working on it. Taking taking more. Uh, you know, every 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 person who has a specialty, uh, you only excel when you're always learning. So whether you're taking classes or acting or more acting classes or whatever, like you know, the best actors are always still learning. And so mm -hmm. uh, that's that's also what I'm doing. And so anyway, yeah. I, well, I hope their dreams come true. <laughs> yeah. <that's what> <laughs> uh, uh, so one thing I wanted to ask about because uh, back on Zero or uh, uh, mm -hmm. uh, Q90, uh, so yeah. playing, getting to sit, you got to sit in the Razor Crest and pilot it. And mm -hmm. how cool was that to just? I mean, wow. Uh, it, was, it was fine. Yeah, it's no. fine. <laughs> yeah, uh, I could go on about this 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 for a half an hour, but I won't do that. Um, I real quick, I mentioned building a, a, a cardboard spaceship uh, out of a refrigerator box when I was a kid uh, with yeah. the windows, the buttons, and everything. And so when I um, got the script for for that episode, and so I was like. Uh, okay, I'm following all the stuff with Zero, like just getting to know him before I read the whole rest of it. And then I see him flying the ship and, and, and I was like, I don't know what the ship looks like at this point, but um, it's in Star Wars and I'm flying a ship. So this will be the greatest day of my life. Uh, and so I, um, I had been looking forward to this day. First of all, you're in Star Wars. You're, you're, you're in the Mandalorian. You're working with these all these incredibly talented passionate people um but also i'm gonna be flying the ship so um that i was looking forward to that day and you know and so when i got the word okay we're gonna be filming your cockpit scenes um i uh could not sleep so i i laid awake um all night before and i could not get to sleep I, you know, got the white noise. I got the 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 mask, whatever. I couldn't sleep, and so um, I get to work the next day. Um, I'm on set, and and John Favreau says, "All right, Chris, uh, why don't you go get familiar with the cockpit?" And I was like, "I'll be right over here, living my dream." <laughs> and so, uh, you know, they're shooting a scene over here. I'm I I wander over to the uh, to the cockpit. 
Uh, it's all low lit in there, but all the dash and all the console is all lit up with all the red, black, and white uh, buttons and all the chrome switches and everything. And so I just reach over and like push one and like, oh, it turned off. What about this one? Oh, that turned off. What happens if I hit it again? Oh, it turns on. Wow. What about this? Um, they all do it. Oh, and the switches up here all, and they're all, everything works, you know? And so I was doing that for a little bit. And then I just, I didn't have the helmet on. I'm just, you know, just wearing the top. And, uh, and I just sit back in Mando's seat and I just had this big sigh of relief, <laughs> like, wow. And then I passed out. <laughs> so, like all, all the air went out of me and I passed out in the seat. I had fallen asleep. Um, because I was so exhausted and got myself so worked up. So, um, but boys, I'm a, I'm a, you know, um, a professional actor. So um, we'll just keep this between us. <laughs> anyway, so uh, apparently I'm, I'm out, like asleep. And uh, John Favreau and, and Deborah Chow, director, uh, come in the back behind me. And they're like, all right, Chris, we're, uh, we're, we're about ready to use you. Uh, we're going to do the scene and they're, and. I don't hear them. And so I hear uh, Chris and I feel my chair and I go, oh, hi, I'm fine. We're fine. Well, this is, well, I'm ready to go. These buttons all work. Are you ready to go, John? <laughs> and, uh, and so I was like so embarrassed, but it was all for the love of what I was doing. I, I was just so excited. And anyway, so no problem. Uh, we, we just, we got started and, uh, and we shot all those scenes. And so, in the scene, uh, I'm a droid, right? So uh, I don't know if you know this, but some droids fly ships by scompjacking into them and controlling them that way. Mm -hmm. It is a, uh, it's a. I had a little thing. It's uh, mm -hmm. a scomp jack that that pops up, uh, or link. It's a scomp jack. The link is what's in the wall, I believe. Yeah, we'll see. Anyway, and, and so I, I. John says that's how you're going to fly the ship, and I was like, "Oh, I'm not going to be doing like, beep, 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 like this and all this. I'm not going to be doing that." And he said, "No, it's just you're like a computer, so you're flying it like that." I was like, "Okay, that's fine. I'm in Star Wars. I'm not complaining, but uh, you know, it's kind of boring, but okay." Um, and so I, uh, so all, the whole time I'm flying, you see me with my arm out to the right. However. I was like, I'm gonna just push this over here because it's uh, it's official looking, and uh, I need to make some com uh, computations on the Navi computer up here. So I'm gonna do that kind of stuff, and I'm gonna flip this over here. And they were like, um, De Deborah Child goes, uh, you can you can keep doing that. <laughs> and I go, okay, yeah, good, because I'm going to, and you can edit it out <laughs> if you want. But <laughs> no, she was she was so. Um, Deborah Chow, working with her, she was, she was very uh, serious and also um, is so good at telling you exactly what she wanted. Like, she goes, Chris, I want you to give me zero energy. <laughs> and, and I was like, oh, I know what you're saying. I, I got it. I got it. Nobody else knew what she was talking about. She was like, Chris, I want, give me that zero energy. And I was like, oh, Q90 energy. Right, That's, right. I got it. Fine. So anyway it was so much fun that that cockpit all those cockpit scenes i was in freaking heaven as you would be brown leader right. as you would be scruffy and Void bait you would be in total heaven nerd heaven That's um awesome. 
and then you're getting paid for it. And also it's going to be on TV and all of your friends are going to see it. Like, it's just the greatest day ever. But you go all the way back to the day when I get this email that says, uh, we would like you to come in uh, for a little audition for in your suit that you built. Um, you go all the way back to that. That was the greatest day ever. And then you are on the Oscars and then you meet the president of the United States and then you are in Star Wars and you're in the Mandalorian and now you're flying a ship in Star Wars and it just uh, is, it, it, I'm just in having the time of my life, you guys, just exactly as you would. Um, you know, if it happened to you, that same feeling, there's nothing different. Very cool. Very, yeah, very yeah. cool. And, uh, awesome. so yeah. Well, Wait, are you crying? He might be. It's very possible. <laughs> you know, no, no, my glasses, but I am living, <laughs> I'm living vicariously through you. This is amazing. Oh, oh good. Well, great. That's, uh, I I'm glad to hear that. It's, um, that's well, why I tried to be, you know, share the details that I can in some of the stuff because uh, yeah. I know that, you know, my friends would love it. I, I'm amazed because I, I my first uh, Star Wars celebration in 2005, I made a Jedi costume. Yeah. And, and it's pretty pathetic, but I put it on and it gives you this sense of confidence and you can walk yes. around these places looking like a yeah. total dork. And people still want to come up and take pictures with you. Yes. But, but I, you have I know how heavy, and, I, and this is all just cloth. It's not, you know, the yeah. metal and plastic that you're wearing. And I yeah. know how exhausting it is. And I've only worn them a handful of times at other cons. Uh, so I'm just thinking, wow, I know what kind of happiness that brought me. And, and to do what you do and the way you got into it, it's amazing. Well, that's that feeling that you felt when you put it on, you feel the weight of the robes and you feel them like flowing. And then then when you raise the lightsaber and you feel the warmth of the glow on your face and then yeah. you get all serious and then you're, you know, like that is that is a huge part of acting. You become the that costume. Yeah. The costuming, it helps you get into character. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then and then, uh, uh, you know, like another I don't know that that is um I just wanted to communicate that to you that 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 is that we feel the same way, and you got a sense of of acting there in that moment. Yeah, I feel I got a, a little bit understanding of what you've uh -oh. got. I'm I'm so envious. Did you all awesome. <laughs> well, very cool. Well, Chris, we really appreciate having you on, and we don't we won't keep you uh, uh, much longer, so we'll we'll wrap this up. Um, but yeah, so thank you for what. Uh, you've brought to Star Wars in terms of uh, the performance. We really, uh, oh, looks like uh, he might be running a there little. There we go. Hey, there he's go. back. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. uh, so Chris, yeah, we don't, we won't keep you much longer. We'll 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 get you going here. But um, so you know, we really appreciate what you've brought to Star Wars. Like I said, I've been following your career, and I'm going to continue to follow it. And um, we hope that you have a long, long history with uh with star wars because you bring a lot of joy to a lot of viewers a lot of fans and you know keep up keep up what you're doing sir um, brown leader that is the nicest thing anyone's ever said about the work i really appreciate <laughs> that thanks so much 
Well, it does. It, it brings so much to us. Um, so, uh, guys, let's uh, let's transition to collection corner really quick, and we'll kind of we'll kind of get this going and, and call it a show. What do you say, um, uh, Scruffy? Uh, I know yesterday was Comic Book Wednesday, right? Yes, yesterday was Comic Book Wednesday. I picked up a few more issues, uh, some back issues that uh, after inventorying, I found out I'm missing. So, filled a few holes there. And then uh, this morning I uh, got up and um, felt the itch, a twitch going through me. So I uh, got online and bought my very own uh, Zero uh, action figure, the uh, Black Series. 290? Yes, mm -hmm. I bought him. Nice. <laughs> well, Scruffy, I hope you play with him. I hope you play with it because it is box. one of the most articulated black series figures i've ever seen there's a lot of extra movement in there and um there's even a tutorial on youtube of how to pose him and there's so many oh. cool action poses um but well, yeah I'm, no, i, I may you, have to, I may have to order a second one yeah <laughs> well you know they also scan you when you're in costume they scan you for for just this type of thing for for uh, toys oh. and and um so what you're holding there is exactly my proportions and my shape when I was in the costume. Um, so yeah, I've they don't. My own, I yeah. got my own Chris Bartlett action figure. Yeah, oh, totally. Yes, yeah. yeah, so I, I hope you play with it. That's awesome. Because uh, I play with myself, so. <laughs> and thank you for not letting it's me know. A lot of fun. There we go. Uh, DB. I am still on my spending moratorium, so instead of talking about what I purchased this week. I'll show you what I dusted off the shelf today. Nice. Very cool. So, and I, 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 you might not recognize him with the red arm. But, you know. <laughs> and I realized this probably wasn't you on screen, but um, actually, was, oh, uh, you know what? Actually, oh, tell us a story, actually. Chris. If I did a trailer for The Force Awakens with JJ oh. Abrams and I did the red carpet, that's right. So if you go Excellent. watch on YouTube, Go watch on YouTube um, a trailer called O2 Star Wars. O2 and there's a, uh, this was this was produced uh, or directed by J.J. Abrams. And uh, um, and so that was, uh, that is where I wore the red arm. And uh, so I, I, I can say I have, a, I have a little, you are, you are right that uh, in that area. So anyway, it's cool that you have one. Very cool. <laughs> Very cool. Um, yeah. So, uh, Chris, do you collect anything uh, other than awesome costumes that you get to wear on 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 set? Um, I will. I will. Uh, I have something here I showed earlier, but this is a. Um, let me step back here. Yeah, this is kind of heavy. This right here is a is a silver um, plating prototype from Don Post Studios of the casting of an Empire era C-3PO leg. They oh, were wow. doing a prototype for the plating, um, a template for the plating to see, you know, they, were, they weren't doing like vacuum metalizing. They were doing nickel plating um, on these suits. So um, I got this one. Um, to, uh, Steve Sansweet was hosting an event at um, at Rancho Obi Wan, and Don Post Jr. was there, and he brought a bunch of original Don Post C3PO parts, and um, and so I won this in an auction uh, 
and 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 it's it's really cool. I, I love it because um, it, it, I just love all the detail in it, and and it's you know cast directly from um, Empire Strikes Back uh, era suit. So this is one one thing I have. Let me see. Oh, it doesn't have fancy sole on it. But, <laughs> so um, and then I showed you some other stuff that. Uh, that C-3PO head is one that I wear on TV. The blue one was one from the show. Um, the other things that I collect, oh, I showed you my blaster. Um, um, but the vast majority of other stuff I collect is old car parts. Oh, cool. Because because that's what I, uh, that's the other thing I do is restore old cars oh. and, uh, and motorcycles and, uh, and drive them. And so, um, I, I'm I'm often like you know looking like sometimes like I used to do when I was looking for you know a hidden part that couldn't be you know that was before 3D printing um, where everyone can go click and then it goes oh I have the part cool uh, you know um, but yeah I, I uh, restore old old vehicles I have for uh, since the 80s and uh, and it's a real passion of mine so. What's your dream, what's your dream classic, or and have you been able to get one and restore it? My dream classic, uh, I do have. Um, I don't know if you're a fan of the film uh, Christine, a John Carpenter film. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, a 1958 Plymouth. Ooh. I uh, am a huge fan of the film, and uh, a few years ago, I found one in uh not one from the film but it's the same model um uh it's a 58 plymouth belvedere and i found it in a barn it had run it 30 years and uh, so over covid i restored the i got the um, got it running and back on the road and so it's a daily driver and oh, uh I'll, oh, you can man. see if you go to my other instagram which is all my car stuff is the falcon van mm. the Falcon van um, that Falcon has all band? my car stuff on it. Very mm -hmm. cool, and that's yeah. on uh, Instagram. Cool. Instagram, yeah. Oh, my sometimes I, I post, post post some of my stuff on 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 my Instagram, Chris F Bartlett. But uh, yeah, all my car stuff is over there. Uh, and I'm I'm wondering if I should post some of that stuff on my own. I don't know. Like, if you guys, I don't know if you go on Instagram, but uh, like, would do you think people would like to see that stuff too, or do you think oh, yeah. the audience? But mostly Absolutely. just like this piece of Star Wars stuff. Okay. Yeah, you'll the, the, you'll definitely be getting a couple extra follows tonight. That's for sure. So uh, the, uh, the the Christine was one of my most favorite movies when I was in when I, my one of my favorite horror movies. So yeah, I have wanted a 1958 Plymouth Fury uh, since probably 1984, 85. Really? Uh, I I looked at one, uh, but it was mm -hmm. just too far gone to to salvage at, at that point. Well um yeah that's, so i that's never i never the... i never got to i never got to live that dream there mm. i've restored Weird. a lot of i've restored a lot of other cars but uh really i've never yeah yeah um, oh what was your I favorite was, uh i worked on a friend's 69 uh, chevelle uh, oh cool beautiful beautiful car um Classic muscle absolutely, car. yeah absolutely amazing car mm -hmm. uh absolutely love that car um i never owned one uh because i can't behave <laughs> uh, uh i've lost my license uh due to too many points uh for oh, okay. speeding tickets and stuff so yeah i just know i can't right. behave but uh, <laughs> i loved i always loved working on old cars and that 58 plenty fury is something i've always wanted 
Yeah, yeah, I did too. Um, uh, mine's a four-door like the book, but it looks exactly like the the one in the film was a two-door hardtop. Mm -hmm. But uh, it looks exactly, it's the same car, same length, same, everything is all the same except for, you know, the doors are, it has four doors. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, if you go check it out, uh, uh, there's lots of stuff on there um, about it. But yeah, that's usually they're either too far gone or they're fully restored and they're like beyond how much you know we yeah pay they're pushing they're pushing six figures at that point right yeah. so i found one uh that was in between that and that was cosmetically okay and just didn't run so um yeah. i got both of them you know cosmetically and and uh and and mechanically um up on the road again so nice. uh, but anyway yeah we're, I, li I, we're, living, uh, we're living up here in the rust belt so everything up here is yeah one extreme yeah. or the oh, other oh yeah i found mm. mine in california and it wasn't rusty so that was really good nice um, but yeah that was oh, the that awesome. was the dream car and then um and then it feels like every time i finish one i'm like uh what is my next dream car that i would want to restore <laughs> you know like ah, i can't i can't have that many dream cars but uh i end up getting the ones i really want to restore and then so yeah, I also have a 62 Ford Econoline window bus, which is like the Ford Ooh, version of oh, the Volkswagen. Cool. And then, uh, yeah, and then there's others too. So that's very anyway. cool. Well, when we when we uh, when we start the classic car podcast, we'll have to have you back on for that for sure. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> great. Cool. Um, all right, so let's wrap this up. So, in expectation of this show, I had texted the guys a couple days ago, told them I had an impulse purchase uh to get ready for this show so i definitely added the uh q90 funko pop because i am a nice. Funko guy um and then um the other part of it guys and scruff you do not have to order another zero because i ordered three whoa <laughs> yeah. what a friend so one for oh, each of you awesome. so you can take it out of the box and play with it for sure so oh <laughs> uh, what a good friend brown leader is wow yeah. I, I spoil them quite quite often. Yes, That's he does. Awesome. Yes, he does. Yeah. So, um, well, Chris, again, it's been an honor to have you on. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's been an honor to have you on. We really appreciate this. You're welcome back anytime you want to talk cars, you want to talk Star Wars, you want to talk nerd stuff. You're welcome back anytime. Um, for being a Thank guest you. on the show, <clears throat> for being a guest on the show, uh, you get to become an honorary member of Brown Squadron. And with that becomes a flight designation and a call sign. And uh, I think the call sign was pretty easy on this one. So uh, Brown 42 and call sign zero, of course. I think that's where we had to, to go with that one. Zero. So, I'll take yeah. it. He's yeah. my favorite. And he's a, he's a pretty good pilot, too. Um, yeah, he is. Absolutely. Yes, he is. Thank you he for is. that, you guys. It's it's an honor to be a member of the Brown Squadron. Yeah. Um, so I, I hope you guys, uh, uh, if you go to conventions, I just wanted to say <laughs> that I, I usually oh, yeah. post them on my on my Instagram because I do conventions, comic cons in between filming. And, uh, and so you can come meet me, you can meet, uh, the, the amazing Katie, who is uh, my assistant and, uh, and, and she's a lot of fun too. So, um, <clears throat> the, we, I usually have black series and Funkos and photos and we do. And, and also what I like to do is encourage people to come in their costumes. And don't worry if they're, you know, not exactly 100% where you think it should be. If you come in costume, we're going to build a character out of you, okay? Oh, and so cool. what I like to do is I do videos of um, 
uh, of, of people in costume and uh and and then i um you know kind of a lot of times I, I i tell someone oh you look great can i get a photo with you and they'd stand there like they're waiting for a bus you know like no way give me some cool like action like i i want to see your character and so i give them just a little bit of direction and then we do a little film and i put them together as reels and put them on my instagram so um i i like to encourage people to come in in their costumes and see if we can't make a cool character out of them and uh but we have a lot of fun i love doing panels and talking about stuff like we talked about tonight and uh so i i uh, hope you'll i hope we get to meet someday at a convention yeah. near you that'd be very have, cool do you have any upcoming cons anytime in the near future you want to plug uh i'm going to be at this isn't a convention but i'm going to be at um uh Pop City, Utah, I believe it's called, in uh, in Salt Lake City at the beginning of April. Um, I will I will post specifically on my Instagram where it is and what time and stuff. <laughs> um, uh, and then also I'll be at uh, I'll be going to Bahrain uh, in the Middle East in in the end of April. Uh, I'll be at WonderCon um, in in Anaheim coming up in a couple weeks. That is I'm speaking at a panel. Uh, oh, about cool. uh, acting in a costume, and let's see what else. Um, oh, Rebel Scum is uh, is coming up oh. in in Texas in July, I believe. Is it June or July? Oh gosh, June, July. Sometime this summer. Is. Yeah. Yeah. So sorry, Rebel Scum. Uh, but yeah, I'm really excited for that. Tons of us from the shows are going to be on there. Um, uh, Rebel Scum has been a brand that's been around for. Uh, 20 years and it's a really great um really great uh, uh group of guys and girls that are that uh that run that so we'll have a lot of fun there too very cool awesome. <clears throat> very cool and you're pretty active on twitter you're pretty or x or whatever it is you're pretty active instagram, on instagram yeah instagram is my is my main place that i am active yeah very cool twitter so, can get a little too political for me so i i, I just yeah. like to have fun uh, scruffy there's the uh no oh, that's looking it. At it yeah i've yes. already looked at it all right i've already been staring at it for um <laughs> since you brought it up <laughs> yeah uh since you brought it up yeah that is a beautiful car that is absolutely Thanks. amazing yeah so i am super yeah. in love so well, very <laughs> very cool and uh yeah chris let's 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 let him going and uh chris thanks again for coming on we really appreciate it and uh guys i think it's time to do the sign off um so uh this is uh brown leader signing off for hyperspace heroes and you have been listening or what i botched the ending see there we go <laughs> so, this is uh brown leader signing off for the crew and you've been listening to hyperspace heroes that's no that's no moon, moon. Hyperspace Heroes podcast can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Stitcher, and most other podcast services. If we are not on your service of choice, let us know. To leave your five-star review, just click on the review button on your podcast service of choice and praise us to the maximum character limit available.
To contact the show to comment, ask a question, suggest a conversation topic, or just to tell us how handsome we are, you can send us a DM on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter accounts. You can also email us at brownsquadron at gmail.com. Star Wars, its characters, shows, movies, books, etc. You get it. Our properties of Lucasfilm and Disney. Hyperspace Heroes Podcast has no affiliation with Lucasfilm and Disney, although we would very much like to. Hyperspace Heroes Podcast comments and opinions are ours alone and the show is for entertainment purposes only. This is so we cannot be held liable when we say something dumb. If you're still listening at this point, we would like to say thank you for joining us on this exposition into a galaxy far, far away, and we appreciate you spending your time with us. We hope you'll share the show with other fans and that you'll tune in again for the next episode. Hyperspace Heroes Podcast, The Legend of Brown Squadron. That's no moon! Sorry, he burped. This is the coolest thing you've ever done. Was it good for you?